Hey everybody, welcome to Made in the 90s, I'm Kyle Woods, Dylan Shore, and uh, we watched Excess Baggage, me for the first time. Me for probably the hundredth time. This week. <laughs> yes, this week, no. But the third time probably in about two months. That's a literal statement. It is. So you love this movie, is that fair to say? I do love this movie. Uh... Loved it since 1997 when I saw it as a sprightly six or seven year old. Oh no, yeah, six year old. Did you see it in the theaters? I saw it at a drive-in movie theater with my grandma, and the, it was a double feature. And In and Out was playing with uh, Kevin, Kevin Klein. Klein. Yeah, for sure, that's a good one. Yeah, it's yeah, a great we should one. do that one. Good double. Oh, I'm so down. Okay, I have a brief digression. I'm curious because. So you've seen? Did you just go to movies like all the time? All the all the time. Was there like a specific theater that you went in? What was your? Uh, so for this, as a kid, it was Cinemark movie theater. That's what was in my hometown. Uh, but in this case, it was, you know, I don't remember the chain, but it was in Lakeport, California, small little town. My grandma and grandpa ran a fast track food stop. Like gas station, you can pull in oh, and okay, that type okay. of thing. And literally two buildings down off, the, they were off the like highway. Two buildings down, there was a movie theater, and in the back they still had a drive-in. And so I went to the drive-in all the time. Wait, so it was a drive-in and and an a, indoor and an actual theater. megaplex. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So one screen off in the back, and, and then like two, okay. five inside. So yeah, you have a. a proximity relationship with movies oh yeah definitely and then growing up i was literally two minutes away from a movie theater as well i also grew up one block from a movie theater and it was the dollar theater when i was a kid it was like actually when i was really little i remember being like i think i remember paying 75 cents to go to a movie damn they never implemented dollar movies in my hometown until after i moved out oh that's a bummer yeah it's totally late it's how i was raised there was a movie theater and a, a a video rental store, both independent, kitty corner from each other. And that's they were the life. one block from my house. So that's kind of how I got into it. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so. Excess baggage. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our life story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just had to know. I liked Excess Baggage. I had never seen this movie before. Not many talk. Not many people talk about this movie. I I've actually never had a conversation with anyone about this movie, I don't think. I had no knowledge of this movie's existence before <laughs> Dylan was adamant that we must watch this movie. It is a staple of 90s for me. It's, you know what? So, here's a, I don't know, a, a foray into new territory for the podcast. Because this movie didn't feel decidedly 90s for me. Besides them playing Dave Matthews Crash <laughs> twice, right? And the Wallflowers once. And the Wallflowers once. once. That, <laughs> yeah, it really landed that hard 90s for sure. But the wardrobe was pretty classic. You know what, they're in Seattle. Oh, and it was beautiful. Can we talk about that for a they second? They got that whole grungy thing going. They look cool. Oh, yes. <laughs> but it was very beautiful. It's a gorgeous scene scenery. The backdrop is incredible. If I remember correctly, it's Washington and Canada. So they split between the two. Um, uh, yeah. Well, wherever they did it, they did it very, very well. Should we talk about uh, how this movie works? What's 
What is Excess Baggage? The plot of Excess Baggage is Elisa Silverstone is a spoiled heiress who uh, fakes her own kidnapping. And in the process of doing this, she locks herself in the trunk and her car gets stolen by Benicio Del Toro. Professional car thief Benicio Del Toro. Yes. Suave, cool Benicio Del Toro. Cosmopolitan, international, Canada, America, straddling Benicio Del Toro. And when he finds out she's in the trunk, hilarity ensues. (laughs) It is hilarious, and Benicio gives her... From the moment he sees her, it's hilarious. He's hilarious. This movie is funny, but he He is... is, Yes. Fucking hilarious. He's the reason to watch this movie, in my opinion. Him, he and Walken, there's... I know I'm jumping way ahead, but there are a few scenes that are just Benicio and Walken. That alone, I would pay money, even now, to watch this. Because they really, really are acting against each other. And they're both doing kind of a wry thing, but they're both being very intense, and, and they're both really incredibly talented. It's a great uh, exchange. Yeah. And it happens a few times. And that brings me to another point, which is uh, Alicia. She can act, right? A hundred percent, especially with a very well-written script. There's some smart lines in this. It really works pretty well. I was surprised. Um, I, I mean... It, comes off maybe as a little tidy but just the fact that they begin and end in the car and the trunk and and return to that motif over and over again that I remember there was a point when I wanted to rewatch this movie uh, and I kept thinking of a scene the scene of him closing the trunk with his feet at the end of the movie and the giant Cadillac and yeah that I was like I'm gonna rewatch that movie and so that was actually the very specific scene that made me want to. That's great. And you know what? It shows a, a nice attention to detail because there are a lot of cars in this movie, a lot of beautiful cars, a lot of rare cars mm-hmm. that are just kind of passed by, but they do end up in that Cadillac, which anybody who's been around one knows, yeah, you could probably do that yeah. with that trunk. It's a big trunk. It's well observed. Yeah, my grandma had one of those cars. <laughs> and you could fit inside of it with like your entire family and then you pack some <laughs> luggage on top of it. And another Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> so you can fit a Cadillac in the trunk of a yes. Cadillac. It's an incredible vehicle. Uh, it's, let's see, what's some of your highlights here? Some of my highlights, um, well, I do, I just got to... Give Benicio a little more props. No, please. We can talk about Benicio for the whole podcast because <laughs> he steals the whole movie. He's in almost. I'd say he's in ninety percent of the film. That feels right. Yeah. Now that you say it, I mean, there's the few scenes where we cut back to the mansion and it's the father and, yeah, the, cops. and the cops. They're so quick, though. I feel that it's him and Alicia, and then he abandons Alicia, and it's we're just and we, we follow him for a little bit. Yeah, totally. And he's. Just doing Benicio stuff the whole way. Little insane kind of... Hand gestures and speaking really fast but not quite articulating his words. It's pure Benicio. Yeah, it's so good. He's hilarious. He's great for me. how much. This might be on my top three Benicio performances. Okay, top three Benicio performances, go. Usual Suspects. Okay. Okay, Sicario and Excess Baggage. <laughs> wow. Kind of a random 
random pull there, but... No, I mean, that's, you're definitely hitting some of the high notes. I'm just... I don't know what you would take out, but I feel like Fear and Loathing has to be in there. Yeah. That's an incredible performance. No, I'll give it to you. Yeah, I'll give it to you. I'm all about that movie. <laughs> this one is so much... You know what? I like Benicio more here than I do in... Uh, usual Suspects. And I really like him a lot in Usual Suspects. I, but this is I, so yes. much more fun and just charming. He's and charming nutty. as fuck in this, too. But he still looks like he's about to die yeah. the entire time. He just wants to sleep. There's literally <laughs> never it, slept. Yeah. This man has never he slept. He doesn't get to sleep throughout the whole film. And there's a fantastic scene with him and Walken in a car. And he has his eyes closed the whole movie because he just wants, or for the whole scene because he just wants to rest. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really know where to um, jump in here. Well, we got. Oh, I do have one major. Okay, so I enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, I will try and criticize it. Ready? I think that... There's quite a few things to criticize. Well, yeah, there's plenty to criticize. But for me, the biggest problems are with uh, Alicia Silverstone's character, Emily. Emily. Um, I really don't have any sense of who she is for the first half of the movie. Um, And the emotional motivations that you do get from her come in like the voiceover about her needing a daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I, I get it. That's, the first two minutes of the movie, yeah. Right, and it's also kind of what the movie relies <laughs> on because she's manipulating her father for But that's attention. a great thing that the movie does is that there's no happy ending between him and, the, and his daughter. They, that's true. They don't, they don't sugarcoat that relationship at all. It's no. still a bad relationship in the end. No, and it is. It's walking the uncle who ends up coming through, and mm-hmm. Benicio, the the new person in her life, who actually care about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, dude, I I think this movie is it pretty well it works. works, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, they don't lay out everything for you. Like you get the gist that okay, this girl's a little off that she wants to fake her kidnapping. But then when Watkins introduced, there's a scene where he's going through old photos and he finds a newspaper clipping with a big, bold headline that says, Eris burns down school. Right. And, like, that's a big, big key plot point to who this person is. And she's a sociopath. And after (laughs) you see that and you start watching her actions and everything she does, this, this girl is... nuts (laughs) well that's I think that's my criticism is that she she's I hear so here's the 90s of it she's like 90s cutesy nuts Mm -hmm. she's like she's rebellious and fun but she's not nuts you know what I'm saying she's really smart and in control of what's happening except she didn't know John Doe as a term for uh, an unidentified body or is that so another she, criticism is that I don't I don't always feel like I don't feel like they had very much chemistry. I think I think Alicia Silverstone can act and I think there's a few scenes where she really rises to being on screen with Benicio mm-hmm. and Walken at the same time. Um and then there's the one scene with them one on one, like the night the day the morning after where they're sitting on the stumps 
and they're just being all like cutesy and uh, by the water, right? Yeah, yeah and the right before the Dave Matthews Band starts playing for the <laughs> second time. Definitely does. <laughs> That's a really great scene, and she's totally you like my tummy. Yeah, and it's a great line. It's a great line, and she delivers it really well. It's mm-hmm. a good script and a a solid performance. But then there are moments where she does come across as wooden. And I don't know if that's because she's like, especially at this point, that's like, it's peak Alicia. Like, it is. She's so beautiful that... And the fact that this movie didn't do well because it is... Maybe it was like she was having a fall off, but like, this is 97. Clueless was 94? That feels right, yeah. I, I could be wrong on that, but I want to say 94. So three years after this comes out, and it doesn't do well. I think they, it's estimated at $20 million, and it only made back, like, 15 Oh, I thought you were going to say it made... Tw- I thought you were telling me No, it, it didn't 20. make its money back. I helped support it at the box office. I'll let you know that. <laughs> Marco Brabilia. That's... I mean, it doesn't... It really doesn't surprise me. I had no idea this movie existed. Well, let's get on to the director. Okay, so you brought up something earlier, which is his... What else has this guy done? He has a film that came out in 93. A little film with Stallone and Snipes. You're, you're saying some names there. Can you guess this movie? The Fan? No. No, that's De Niro. That's De Niro. Good movie, though, but bad at the same time. Uh, Stallone and Snipes. I don't know. Passenger 57? <laughs> Demolition Man. Oh my god, for real? Yeah. He made Demolition Man. Marco Brambilla. Brambilla. Brambia. Brambia. Marco Brambia. So let's talk about the directing. I thought that it was pretty engaging most of the way. There's some really interesting super high angle stuff at various points that it, it never threw me way out, but it was enough to like... Remind me that I'm watching a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's having some fun with the form, even within this, you know, around what's essentially a rom com. Yeah. Although there is a few explosions and a car chase within like the first five minutes, which is it's a solid car chase. It the works. The opening credit has a woman faking her kidnapping, a million dollars being dropped from a bridge. <laughs> A car being stolen with the woman in it, okay. and then a massive car chase. But I gotta talk about that. That's three minutes. That's in the first three minutes. It does happen fast, and it's fairly <laughs> engaging. But I gotta talk about this plan. Maybe there's Dropping another, the like, money. It was never about the money, Kyle. It was never... Okay, so she would have been happy if it went in the river. Yeah, she didn't care. Oh, okay. It all makes sense now. Yeah. Here's the real issue. <laughs> Tapes the ankles... Yes, the handcuffs. Tapes the mouth. Yes. Handcuffs the wrists. That doesn't... I'm no kidnapper. I'm not, I mean, are I, you sure? I'm not you're, a kidnapper. Dylan. You played this I'm out. I'm not a kidnapper. So you I don't know, know why you're still talking. I'm not a kidnapper. <laughs> you know for sure you I, wouldn't <clears throat> use handcuffs. I'm just saying, if I were already using tape... <laughs> I would continue to use tape. I don't... It seems like the handcuffs have to be there as a writer's conceit. Because they become important... Later on. It's a development in their relationship. Yes. So, that... 
Okay, now you are nitpicking. Yeah, I am. That's a nitpick. Listen, I'm not a kidnapper. I get it. Just use tape all the way. Just use tape all the way. I get it. I get it. Why introduce the hand? It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) The handcuff stuff actually works later on, too. In the scene, yeah, when he's going to... Oh, yeah, that's the, kind of the first turn of their relationship. Yeah. Is he's going to smash the thing, and then he asks her to, like, come on, be real. Do you have the key? Because he knows. Yeah. And she goes, were you going to hurt your car? Like, there's some great stuff in there. It is solid, dude. The You're writers right. are Max D. Adams and Dick Clement. And that's Ian not a fake Ruff. name. That's not a real person. What was Dick the second Clement thing you said? Dick Clement is a... It's a real name. He helped write Across the Universe, Flushed Away, The Bank Job. It's a real person. Well. He's from Essex, England, so, okay? Alright, I'm I'm sorry, England. But Max D. Adams. My my xenophobia. This is his claim to fame. Okay. This is the only thing he has written. This is it? This is his story. And it says he's an actress. (laughs) So it could be a female. Max. Her story. Is Max a female? Wow, we are offending Britain and men and women named Max right now. I've just never met a woman named Max, but I can see it being a woman's name. Well, there's definitely some Maxines in the world. Yeah, you got me. gotta be a thing. Alright, we're gonna say it's a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna say that. Yeah. On behalf of Max, you're a woman. You're a woman, because it says you have an actress credit. (laughs) <laughs> and IMDb is never wrong. Never. Uh, can I just say one thing about a supporting role that's in this movie? Yeah, who who are we calling out? Harry motherfucking Connick Jr. <laughs> he's, he's a lot of fun in here, isn't he? And he's very straight-laced. Like, I've only known him for the, rom- uh, the romantic comedy. This is a romantic comedy. But he... Him playing the Benicio role. Like, Hope sure. Floats. Him and Sandra Bullock. Uh... I only know him from oh. Will and Grace. I've seen some Will and Grace, but I never knew he was on the show. Really? For, like, reoccurring? I feel like he popped up every now and again. I gotta be honest. I don't know much about Harry Connick Jr. He is a country singer. No, he's not. He's a jazz singer. What are you saying? I think he also has country and Christmas albums, too. I Don't quote me on this. I'm not a Harry Connick Jr. Uh... Fan, so He's a I man of many talents. Uh, he is. I know he is a musician, and I know he sings very well. And I've seen him perform on early morning shows during Christmas time. That feels right. Yes, I've definitely seen him do that. Uh, but I think he, he might have a talk show now. That's possible. I could see it. I also think he was the first man on the moon. You're wrong on that one. Oh. Yeah, that was actually uh, uh, Neil Neil Armstrong. Or was it his brother, Lance? Never heard of him. Never heard of him? Neither of those names ring a bell to me. Okay. Well, Harry Connick Jr. was also an Independence Day. Shut the front door. Captain Jimmy Wilder. Was he in a plane? He. I feel like he's got to be a pilot if he's a captain. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> obviously. Um, but yeah, and then he's just he kind of tapers off there later on in the years. But he is in this fantastic film by William Friedkin called Bug. It's him and uh, Ashley Judd and Michael Shannon. 
highly, highly recommend that film. That's a trip. Okay, Bug. We'll add it to the list. We can't because it's not made in the 90s. Yeah, we're restricted to the 90s here, but you know what? I love the 90s so much that I could care less. Well, so to call out just a few of the 90s things that do exist in this movie. Yes. I believe it's truly timeless. The Maybe font? it's due for a remake. The Yeah, the title font is... Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's bad. God, what would you call that? Like Kind of like a papyrus script, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, I guess papyrus would be right. It's very flat and jagged. And White with a black outline around it. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, there's also some useless technology, like when Benicio's breaking into the car, he's got a, a briefcase full of different buzzers and clickers, and it's just, maybe that's my modern lens looking back, but I'm like, bro, there's an, I just fucking push one, why are you pushing 27 buttons on 13 different devices? Because he doesn't have her set of keys, so the first box he pulls out unlocks the car, and then when he gets in, the alarm starts going off. Yeah. So he's got to pull out another box to stop the alarm. Yeah. And then he's got to pull out another box to start the car. They're not living and in 2017. And then he's got a different briefcase that he uses to steer the car. This movie is 20 years old this year. That's incredible. Well, happy anniversary, Excess Baggage. Probably coming up. This movie came out in July, I think. We're going to have to watch it again. Wow. In July. What a trip. What a trip. There's also, uh, Alicia drops an F-bomb, and I don't mean fuck. Yeah, no, definitely not fuck. And it's a, when you hear the word now in older movies, you're like, wow. It's jarring. It's It's like a little, super jarring. Because it's said with such, um, yeah, it's so casual. She's, And for those that don't know, the word is faggot. She said the F word. She said that. She says, oh, are wow. you and your faggot boyfriend gonna do something? <laughs> and like, we're both sitting here and Kyle and I look at each other like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Although I laughed just now, so because it, something about it plays funny. It, it worked. And I don't know if that's saying something about us or if it's just it's humor. There's humor in everything. Or is it the clear homoeroticism Benicio Del Toro I mean, has with Harry Connick Jr. Well, they're both <laughs> so magnetic. They are. I just want to stare into their They eyes. lighten up the screen every time they're on it. Even when Harry Connick Jr. has his face beaten up. They, <laughs> you think I got this? From racquetball. From racquetball? Yeah, he clearly <laughs> took a racquetball to the face. Um... Yeah, so a little casual homophobia. Oh, also, this is not a specifically 90s thing, but uh, I we have to bring up what Christopher Walken is doing with the tea bag. Yes, I've have never ever, noticed this. Have you ever and seen a human being handle tea? Never. <laughs> what is he and doing? And I've seen this movie so many times, and I've never noticed what the hell he was doing in that scene. He... He's drinking a cup of tea, having a heated debate. With Looking at a CD. <laughs> because it is the 90s. And he removes the tea bag and is draining it with his fingers. And then... I don't just... think he's even draining it. I think he... When you pointed it out to me, it literally looked like it was just in his fingers. It balled up just with, like... touching it. Like it was a... a... 
What is it? A squishy ball? Like a stress ball. A stress ball. Like, like if he had another one, they would be Benoit balls, <laughs> and he'd just be cycling them back and forth, touching the texture of the tea like some kind of <laughs> maniac. Must have been some good black tea. I feel like there was a lot of kind of free improvising on this set. Like, because maybe nobody was paying attention to this. Like you pointed out, it's 97, it's Lesser Alicia, it's sort of forgotten Benicio. There was literally a, rev- a review saying the decline of a teenage icon. Aww. And that's sad because I think she's fucking pretty good in this movie. She has her bad moments, but she also has some pretty good moments. She really, like, yeah, I don't want to oversell it, but there are a few moments where I'm like, oh, no, she she definitely is acting and is, like, making me... F- respond to her emotion i'm telling you watch this movie and when she says do you like my tummy the way it's delivered it's so innocently cute and coming from a insanely sociopathic character that you truly feel that this girl just wants love i don't no, I see. I you didn't get you that there. so no, i'm no, wrong no. no no no. i don't think you're wrong <laughs> i think that's what the script intends but I don't think I don't think she's a truly sociopathic character, and that that is like my major stalling point with the film is that I don't think it does nearly enough service to her character. I don't have any idea who she is through this movie. There's really no. Most of the characters are pretty flat. We get a really good sense of Benicio, but only because he's doing fun, nutty Benicio things. I who, think that who I is think... Christopher Walken? I mean, just a fucking mafia hitman who works with the father and became a family member. So not an actual uncle? No, not at all. Okay. No. That's like, no, no, no. You know those random, like, your yeah, friends no, of your mom's? No, I, get, I get that. That's what he is to her. He's not an actual uncle. Okay. That was not entirely clear to me. I think there's a moment where she says it. Okay. But I, I could be wrong on that. I could have missed it also. Okay, so then we know... So, okay, he's generic. Hitman comes into the family. Her father is generic... Super mo- wealthy businessman who's never there for her kid, his kid. And, like, be- vaguely criminal. Yeah, he's being investigated by um, some bureau of government. Benicio is a car thief. Yes. Name one other... Thing about him uh like about his life yeah like who is he as a person he loves coffee <laughs> he has some coffee he has a, a couple times in this movie yeah and he is deprived of sleep okay. <laughs> All right. so no uh, i get from what they give you in the movie that troubled youth with uh, one of his best friends started a, a, you know, stealing cars and making money that way. And then he right, wa- he's a car thief. Yeah, no, and then they give us this little beautiful story of him wanting to move to Brazil and open up a chain of karaoke oh, that's shops. True. That's so true. fuck you. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and Benicio's there being Benicio the whole time, so he's it's taken good. care of. So then that, but that leads me to the main question, which is who is. Alicia, who is Emily? She is a spoiled heiress who has never known true love only from a man who is not even related to her 
and she and eh, in doing this desperate act of kidnapping herself she this random act helps her find that one yeah, piece I mean, of that's luck. the through line of the story. That's not who she is. Well, she what, what we've got you we just went through like a, a handful of archetypes and Benicio. So my point is there's nobody who's like there's no real depth to this movie. It's snappy. It works I get pretty you. well. Yes. And it it does rely very I mean the whole thing is motivated by Emily, by her need for attention, and that's never there. And <laughs> that's totally there. It's only there in like two scenes. It's, she she literally would have added 30 years to his life sentence because she said that she, he made her touch his penis. And she didn't care. She's like, I told you I didn't want to call him. And he's like, what the fuck? Stay away from my car. All right. No, that's fair. Yeah, that's a good point. That's yeah, a good she, scene. she does some crazy slightly nutball stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's when, there. Oh, when I think it, it could use a little punch, though. I want to see... I may, I, you know what, though? That's probably 20 years in the future talking. I guess I'm not right. being fair to the movie in the 90s. Because today all, she would be like a... a and if this movie were made today, she would be... You know, a total yeah nutcase. But no, she she is though, cause she, although granted, she doesn't know what's going on. She's trying to escape, but that moment where he's like, "Don't look at me! Don't look at me in the face!" Yeah. and he's hiding behind the poles, like there's I don't know what I'm saying here, but uh, fuck, I don't know why I brought that scene up. Well, there was a dis- a very specific reason that I cannot remember now. It is a fun scene, and she she is... But that wasn't the reason. <laughs> a really selfish person who's willing to do crazy things that involve other people's lives. I'll grant you that. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I mean, it's, it's there. That's why I brought it up. Because she's fucking with other people's lives, just like you said. He goes, I'm not trying to hurt you. I don't even carry a gun. Right. And... She still beats the shit out of him, kicks his nuts, and he goes, "That's a, that's a good kick. I don't want to hurt you." And like he's still persisting. She's slightly nuts, but I, like I said, right. that's because she doesn't know where the fuck she is or who he is. Yeah, in no, that she's, moment, she's got a reason to be unhinged. There, she's yeah, you know, threatened. I'd be kicking dudes up. in the balls too. If I popped out of a trunk that I had taped myself into, yeah. I would be kicking furiously at anything I saw. <laughs> um, do you have what else you got, Dylan? Um, so I'll just try and top that last strain off, which is to say that uh, I do think some of the stronger aspects of her performance are when she shows the vulnerability which is the thing that she can do you know she's got the giant eyes and the like uh, pouty thing little innocent dog cute puppy dog right Um, and this movie does very well with that so kudos again to Marco Brambilla uh, for nailing that down, 
Because it does, it does work really well. But I think it's more playing into her strengths than it is her giving a really strong performance. I gotcha. Which is kind of a shitty, nonsensical criticism. It works really well. <laughs> so good, good for, for everybody. But Way for some, it did not work. Yeah, apparently for a lot of people. Um... Yeah, this film was actually delayed from a planned Christmas 1996 release due to some trouble test screenings. Uh, that led to several reshoots, which expanded on the relationship between Silverstone and Del Toro's characters. That makes sense. It actually does now that I think about this it. Is, this there's because you can. F- I feel like there's, there's something missing. I wonder what they added exactly because there. It feels like a very. Boom! Because this happens, this happens. I'll bet the, I'll bet that tummy scene that feels really added in. Yeah, it's just an emotional moment. Yeah, you're Otherwise, right. the script is like really clipping along, but that's just there to give us pause and let them have a relationship. Because I am, I'm not totally bought in. I'm, oh man, it it might be Silverstone. It might be her. She might be ruining the movie for you. Yeah, because she's... <laughs> there are... Man, I, I'm just talking in circles. There are points where she really works, but there are also points where it's like... I, Do you agree tough. that this is a decline of a 90s teenage icon? Dec- well, when did Batman and Robin come out? Definitely after this. Okay. Then no. Oh shit! It was the same year. Yeah, ninety seven. That's that feels that. Wait, I think they were both summer movies. Oh shit! Oh well, that's why we never heard of this thing. Probably this came out like one week after Batman, and people were like, "No, this absolutely came out after Batman," and that's a trashy film in itself. And Schumacher turned that movie in like three months ahead of schedule. <laughs> what? <laughs> he did, dude. He turned it in ahead of schedule. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I don't. That's the only time in the history of any work that you need to. Not even the film industry. In. No. <laughs> nobody has ever turned anything in that far ahead of schedule. That's insanity. I. <laughs> heard him say something along the lines of I don't remember exactly what he compared himself to but he was uh, really down on himself after that movie as we all know yeah um, I feel bad for that. him he ruined a franchise or did he inspire Spire to help create a better franchise Thank you, Joel Schumacher. Yes. But you know what's nuts? I'm sorry, we're diverging from excess baggage real quick. There's, I mean, excess we baggage. We talked is, about it pretty it, much. And it's good to see it. It's like a lot of fun. It's like a really solid. I'm with I give it an 8.5 out of 10. I give it three and a half stars. Out of four? Out of five. Okay, yeah. That's pretty much my grade, too. <laughs> <laughs> we just said it in different terms. Uh, shout out to another podcast, which is F This Movie. If you guys are movie podcast fans, listen to that podcast. They have a joke, which I'm adopting here, that is every movie is a three-star movie, but the scale changes. <laughs> That's good. 
Damn, they took it. They nailed it, man. Those guys are good. So, I'm sorry. You were saying? Uh, bat, that Batman universe from Tim Burton to Schumacher, those are all the same Bruce Wayne, same Batman. Did you know that? In spite of... Uh, changing Clooney actors Kilmer coming in they are it's supposed to be Keaton the, Kilmer Clooney Keaton Kilmer all, Clooney all one Batman yeah cause think Chris O'Donnell's still Robin uh yeah I'll buy that but it, the worlds are completely different yeah the transition from Burton to Schumacher is, is like a, I don't drastic see that change the same neon Batman. colored nipple Batman and just like the and I just want to say one more thing. Batman and Robin literally opens up with a bunch of quick shots of Batman and Robin getting dressed. You see, an, I believe it's Robin's ass turn to the camera and like pull up his tights. Nipple, ass, codpiece. Damn, I love that movie. So good. <laughs> um, no, uh, but... Uh, back to Alicia real quick. Right. Miss Silverstone. So, okay, yes, back to Alicia. How do you feel about Blast from the Past? Oh, is that the, like, Brendan Fraser and the Trapped Fraser. Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Brendan. Brandon Fraser. Oh, it's Fraser. Got it. Got it. So, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> and... That's the doctor from the the radio psychology show. No, it is not that different one. guy. Uh, it is, wait, guy from the radio psychology show. Let's just move past it. Let's yeah, no, it. okay. It's oh, Brandon Fraser, Christopher Walken, Sissy Spacek. He grows up in a bomb shelter underneath yeah. Los Angeles. I definitely saw it once and do not recall much of it, but everything you just said. Sounds really good. It's really good and it's really sweet. I have it as well. We should do that one too. We definitely should. Uh, and I'm gonna get back to Silverstone because she never really had a career. No, wait. Hang on a minute. I think she had more of a career than most people who tried to be an actor. Name four movies she's in. Clueless. Excess Baggage, Batman and Robin, Aerosmith Videos. Doesn't count. Damn. <laughs> um, okay, but Clueless counts for like four movies. It, in the grand scheme of things, yes, because it was a massive pop culture phenomenon that is still resonating today. And is eternally great. Yes. Amy Heckerling. Heckerling. Is. Oh, I love her. She's and if you've never seen man. Loser, came out in 2000, 2001. It's Jason Biggs and Mina Savari. People should really watch that because I think it gets no love and I think it's a really sweet movie. Alright. Yeah. Check that one out. I'll give that one a go. So, uh, while we're on Alicia, uh, who has apparently only ever made three movies. Yeah, no, I'm going to go through her credit for you real quick. Her first thing was one episode of The Wonder Years in 92. Oh, then yeah, she got that. Aerosmith Crying. Yep. 
after that, The Crush, which I remember seeing pieces of, but I don't remember at all. Yeah, I don't know what you're saying. After that, another Aerosmith music video. And then another Aerosmith music video. See? She had a But they're music videos. No. Then a TV movie. And then you get Hideaway, which I've never heard of. And then she gets Clueless. Okay. Then she gets True Crime, which I remember seeing. It's her and Kevin Dillon. Yeah. Uh, Might have been a TV movie. I saw it on VHS, so I'm not sure. And then The Babysitter. That's, I feel like I remember the the VHS Just cover, cover blue that. and her kind of yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know if I ever saw it. And then it literally jumps to Batman and Robin. Okay. Failed. Yeah. Decline of a career. And this thing. And then excess. Blast from the past is good. I don't know if it did not resurrect her career by any means, because she has a couple of no named ones. She was in a movie called Scorched, which is actually funny, but it's not because of her. It's because of the ensemble cast. And then she did Scooby-Doo 2. Classic. Classic. Beauty Shop. And um, apparently she has a cameo in Tropic Thunder at the awards ceremony. Okay. Uh, And then just random movies throughout. Like, I think... She never got a chance to show how she can truly act. She has a new movie coming out in 2017 called uh, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh and it's her and Nicole I'm sorry, Kidman. What? It's yeah. called what? The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Got it. Yes, I've actually heard about this one. It's been getting really good reviews. I'm sure it has. It's called The Killing of a Sacred Deer. It's going to win every Oscar. Yes, it's her, Nicole Kidman, Colin Farrell, and... Um, uh, and it was directed by Terrence Malick, and it was oh, shot only. by uh, fucking Roger Deakins. Nope, and... it's another foreign director who made a little film called The Lobster and Dogtooth. It, this is going to win every Oscar. I can't wait for this fucking yeah, movie. Actually, I do kind of want to see that. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, we got to see this. You got me, talent. All right, well. So I was going to ask a stupid question, which was... What is Peak Alicia? But it's it's clueless. It's obviously clueless. That's not she doesn't go past it. Well, but for me, she does because, at, because don't get me wrong. Excess baggage. I do, and I love Blast from the Past. All right, I love Clueless, and I, I do really too. liked Excess Baggage. Uh, inside of so, a criticism aside, there is a fairly tidy crime comedy in here also that snaps along and works really well and there's some good action elements and fucking Benicio man Benicio kills it beautiful every scene he's in which is every scene so (laughs) watch Excess Baggage alright guys thanks for listening this is Made in the 90s I'm Dylan Shore Kyle Woods 